Hello and welcome to A Journey of Clarity, a personal exploration of getting in tune with yourself and in tune with others with your host, Dr. Nathaniel Costilla. This is a journey of emotional and spiritual awareness, of discovery what life truly means, and a clear shift from an ego-driven world to a meaning-driven world. I believe we can become more in tune with our thoughts, our emotions and our spirituality. And as we do that, we will make better decisions, have deeper connections, more fulfillment and even more joy. This is a bit of clarity. Well, good day. How well are you at managing yourself? How well do you control yourself? This is the question that we will chat about today. Um, you know, I always ask myself, you know, what's prompting me to have this emotion? What's uh, triggering me into this? Why am I feeling this way? Why have I acted that way? Why did I say those words? Why did I have that attitude? Why did I judge that person? Why did that person make me feel good? Why this situation brings the best in me? Um, all these things are part of our awareness uh, in order to prepare us to manage ourselves better. And one of the areas where I want to manage myself better, and I'm sure you do as well, is in self-control. How well do we control those things, those impulses that come our way? So the topic today is self-control. Remember, we spoke about ego management the other day. A little bit different than self-control, very much linked, and sometimes uh, people confuse the two. But self-control is that, controlling the self-desires. Not so much as ego management in the sense because you can't manage the ego, remember, you have to kill the ego. But it's more about those um, things that we can control in our lives, the ability for us to notice, to be alert, and to be aware that there's certain areas in our lives that if we apply a level of uh, control, we can manage a lot better. So I hope this content really helps you today because it has helped me immensely. And uh, I've come a long way in self-control. I wasn't always controlled. My attitudes were quite poor. In fact, I was a very poor listener. So I couldn't practice self-control towards listening very well. I would interrupt people. I would have it my way. And I was a talker, hint, hint. And uh, that really got me in a lot of trouble. So after many, many years of practicing and uh, managing my own ways and becoming more alert and more aware, I began to somehow control some of these things and I'm still work in progress. So today, uh, we have show notes, as you probably are aware by now, if you have journeyed with us for the last 16 episodes. This is episode 17, and there are show notes you can download from eq.org.au. That's eq.org.au. And those are also, uh, there's links for those in the comments and in the description uh, on every uh, platform that you're watching this content or listening to this content. So understanding self-control, self-regulation of self-control is the ability to manage disturbing emotions and impulses. So those disturbing things that come your way, impulses, uh, that come from various uh, triggers and remain effective even in stressful situations. That means you're on top of the matter, 
you're above it, you can manage it, you can get on with it, even if you are stressful, you can be efficient. Uh, people who self-regulate well don't allow themselves to become too angry, too jealous, and they don't make impulsive, careless decisions. So if you self-regulate well, if you have self-control, you don't get too angry. In the sense, you may get angry and you will get angry, but that anger will not take hold of you. It will not snow you under. You will be able to rise above it. You won't get too jealous. Uh, and I'm not talking just jealous towards your wife or your husband or against them, but more jealous uh, in comparison with other people or other things that are happening in your life or in their lives. And you don't make careless, impulsive decisions. You can hold back, you can pause, and you can make the decisions that are really your decisions and not the impulses that come your way. These people who, gen uh, who have this uh, self-control, they think before they act. So they have the ability to rationalize what's going on, and before they act, they apply their thinking. They stay calm and clear-headed, and are able to say no. Powerful, powerful word. So they, they calm in every situation or in most situations. Some situations may overwhelm them, but generally they are calm. They are clear-headed. They can think clearly. They're not clouded. They're not panicked, but they think clearly, and they are able to say no. This is a very, very powerful ability to be able to say no because so many things are thrown your way every single day. The first temptation, the first instinct is to say yes, and that overwhelms you. Having the ability to say no to yourself and also to those people around you is an ability that is linked to self-control. How do you manage self-control? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm about to give you seven points here, seven important points in managing self-control. Do take note of these and they are in your show notes for you to refer back to them. But because some of you are driving, some of you are running, some of you are walking, you don't have the show notes in front of you. So I will spell them out as best as I can, and then you have the ability to reflect back on these when you process them and when you go through the application. Managing self-control, number one, you ready? Okay, here we go, number one. Step back from the drama of the situation. Step back from the drama of the situation. Everything is much more amplified in the epicenter of the drama. If you are in the drama, everything gets another dimension while you're involved in there. So step back from that and realize that the situation is not as bad as it may seem. Maybe there's too much emotion in it. Maybe there's too many people involved. Maybe there's too much that has been said just learn not to get dragged into this situation. It's funny, I uh, spoke to a good friend of mine. His name is Malcolm Smith. He leads Teen Challenge Western Australia. Now, Teen Challenge is an organization that helps people transition out of addiction. And uh, I said to him, you know, how are things going at Teen Challenge? And he said, oh, Nathaniel, same old, same. I said, what is it? He said, you know what our biggest department is at Teen Challenge? I said, no, what is it? He said, it's the drama department. It's the drama department in, in the sense that there's always drama, drama, drama with these people because they're not managing their, um, their way of thinking, they're not managing their emotions well, and everything is amplified and everything is dramatized 
much more than the reality. Everything is dramatized. So learn to get away from the drama, learn to unhook yourself and learn to rise above it. Rise above it, I said there, take 10 steps back. Let me explain this to you and unhook yourself from the event and see the bigger picture. You know, two minutes later, this, this, this will be diffused. This won't be there. This drama won't be there. In, in a year's time, it won't be there. You know, you'll forget all about it. So just detach yourself from that. And uh, this 10, 10 steps back rule. Uh, I played professional soccer for a couple of seasons back in the 90s when I was a bit younger and fitter. And uh, they taught us how to step away from um, a heated um, you know, argument or a heated challenge in the game of soccer, in the game of football. So what you have is, you know, when you play soccer, you know, words get exchanged, tackles come in, accidents can happen, and uh, drama can develop from there. So what they teach us uh, is, you know, you've got to be careful because if you get involved in that drama, in that heat of the moment, you can lose your temper, you can say things that are not well, you can, you know, start throwing punches, which has happened, not for me, but for other people. And uh, that results obviously in sanctions, it results in yellow card, red cards. If you get a red card, that means you are out of the game. Instead of having 11 players, your team will have 10 players. So they're short and most likely will lose the game. So it can cost you the game. So they teach us very well to self-regulate and self-control. And they say to us, okay, when you're in the middle of a situation like this, and there's drama and the epicenter is there, what I want you to do is take 10 steps back. So you start walking backwards, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, and you're actually counting it loud. So you're not just moving your body physically, you're also counting it, which takes your mind off the epicenter of the drama, takes your mind focus of what was said. So you focus on yourself and on your walking backwards. So you don't walk you don't turn your back on the drama. <laughs> you walk backwards from the drama. You go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. By the time you get to 5, 4, 3, you're already, you know, that's the moment has been diffused. You don't feel <clears throat> part of that uh, drama anymore, that heat of the moment, and you're able to carry on the game. Wonderful, wonderful technique, and it works in every situation of life. Obviously, you know, if you're in an argument, you don't start going 10, 9, 8, 7, because <laughs> you'll probably irritate the person even more. But what you do is you gently just know how to walk away from, from that drama. Count yourself, you know, 10, uh, number up to 10, just so you don't say anything. You can do that in your mind. And even if somebody has an attack on you and the team temptation, the impulse is to say it right there and then, just take 10 deep breaths and just regulate yourself and don't allow yourself to be dragged into their world. Remember, that is not your world, that is not your bubble, that is not your situation. Don't let yourself drag into that situation. You are not that person. If that person has issues, if that person has problems, that is not you. They are their problems. Don't let them become your problems. They're not your, it's not your problem, right? So let them deal themselves with their issue. You control how you respond, not react. You respond to the situation, not react. That is a massive, massive understanding. So don't react, respond. And the best way to respond is not to allow yourself to be dragged into that world, okay? So step back from the drama of the situation. You like that, yeah? That's number one. Number two, make technology your friend. We live in the most digital era of history. 
Technology can be our best friend and our worst enemy. How many times have you sent messages and emails that you later regretted or you put comments on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever, you know, or on YouTube and then you just found out that you shouldn't have done that, you shouldn't have said that, it can cause more trouble. Why don't you hold off and be very careful how you administer your technology? You, we all have sent an email or wrote a comment on social media in a haste that we later regretted. Delay your responses. If, you, if you're really triggered, if you're really put off by somebody and you want to tell them right there and then and you really want to go for it, just type it if, if you really need to get it out of your system, but don't send it. Have, save it in drafts and then delete it later. If you really need to get it off your chest, type it there and then, but don't send it. Don't send a message, don't send the email, you know. Sleep a night over it, you know. Just, just let it linger in there, in the virtual world, and then, you know, delete it later on. Let me tell you something. I have quite a few letters and emails that I've written, and they've never been sent. I had to learn this because I've made some massive mistakes in life by sending messages instantly or just reacting to whatever some people said. So learn from this and, uh, you know, uh, don't reply instantly. I've also written there that you can add a delay uh, sitting on your email if needed, so it doesn't go instantly, so you have a chance to delete it. Hold back a few minutes or hours if possible, you know, just sleep, sleep a night over it if you can. Number three, get to know your emotional triggers. Ask yourselves, why am I feeling this? Why is this triggering in me? Why am I feeling this emotion? What's hurting me? Why is this person irritating me? Why this matters to me? Maybe there's something from our past. Maybe there's an event or an irritation that triggers that disturbing emotion in you. Maybe you need to get to know yourself a lot better. Maybe that panic attack comes from a past event or a past instance. Get to know yourself and get to manage the situation and deal with that situation so next time you get triggered, it doesn't affect you that much. And as I wrote in there, you are your best friend in this. No one will know your emotional triggers better than you. And also your children. <laughs> but get to know your emotional triggers. Ask yourself, okay, why am I feeling happy? Why am I feeling sad? Why does this annoy me? Why when I lis listen to this person or when I have this conversation, why is this happening to me? Get to know yourself really well because uh, <clears throat> you can manage this only if you, if you understand the emotional triggers that come your way. So number three, get, you know, you get to know your emotional triggers. Number four, exercise control over communications. Exercise control over your communications. Learn to raise your awareness of your communication patterns during charge situations. Does your voice become raised or do you interrupt? You don't even let the other person finish what he or she has to say. Do you judge them? Do you blame them? It's your fault, it's your fault. Do you go in their face? Do you point fingers? What do you do? How do you act? Do you, do you raise your voice? Do you become, I don't know, a different person? What happens to you in your communication when you get triggered off? Your communication, I wrote here, is the most vivid display of your self-control. This is the litmus test for you. This is where you can examine yourself. 
how do I communicate when I'm upset? How do I communicate when I'm angry? How do I communicate when I'm not feeling well? How do I communicate when somebody upsets me? Your vivid, uh, your communication is the most vivid display of your self-control. This is how you show your level of self-control. Nothing is more difficult and nothing is more rewarding when mastered. Nothing is more difficult than to control your tongue. Nothing is more powerful when you master it. So learn to control your tongue because this can be a killer. It's like a sword, <laughs> twin-bladed sword. So just be careful that your tongue can do a lot of damage to the people around you and in effect to you as well. So exercise control over your communications. Number five, eliminate temptations. Many temptations come our way. Learn to eliminate temptations in your self-control. If you're struggling with good habit, uh, food habits, good eating habits, do not buy unhealthy foods so you don't have them in your pantry or in your fridge. Don't have them in your car, don't have them near you. If you know that you can't hold yourself, if you know that you can't uh, avoid eating them, if you cannot help yourself reaching for your phone in a meeting or during a conversation, put the phone away or better yet, leave it in your car or bag. Don't have your phone on you. I think we touch our phone more than 250 times, sometimes 300 times a day, a day. Imagine how many times you are tempted to take your phone out when you are at a meeting, when you're having lunch, when you are with somebody. How many people do this all the time? You'll say, but everybody does the same, Nathaniel. It doesn't matter what everybody does. You have self-control. And if you can't have it, just kill it, basically. Put it away. Put it in a bag. Put it in a car. Do something with it. As I said, at home, I, I'm, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I try not to have the phone on me when I'm at home because the temptation would be to reach out. So I keep it away from an arm's length. Usually I put it on a, on a ledge, on a window in the kitchen, and I just leave it there, and usually it's in a charger. So the temptation for me to reach out and just grab it, because during the day, just naturally, my hand goes in the pocket and grabs the phone. So when I'm with the children, when, when I'm with my wife, and I want to give them the full attention, I want to avoid having the phone within an arm's length. So I put it away, and I try to keep it away as much as possible. If there's a notification, I go to it, I, uh, because it's hooked into the plug now, I look at the notification, put it back, and move away from it. Otherwise, it will invade every area of my life, and I've got to say no to it. So I've got to eliminate that temptation as well. Get rid of anything that could be at an arm's reach to get hold of. Prevent any opportunity for temptation. So whatever it takes, just do it. Get away, eliminate those temptations, eliminate those friends that drag you down, eliminate relationships, eliminate everything in your life that drags you down and keeps you away from your goal and the best version of yourself. Number five, number six, buy time, buy time. So number five, eliminate temptations. Number six, buy time. When your emotional self-control is tested, one of the best things you could do is to temporarily remove yourself from the situation. Don't make a decision when you're not feeling well. When your emotions are high or your emotions are low, do not make decisions. This is not Las Vegas. You, don't, you can't even get married overnight in Australia. You've you got to have a month's, <laughs> a month's note. You must give a month's notice to get married, which is just wonderful because you can't just do these silly mistakes that you can do in Las Vegas. I think the Australians are much better at this than many other nations. So your emotional compass, your emotional... 
self-control will be tested. It's not that it won't. It will be tested. So buy yourself time to temporarily remove yourself from the situation. Take away, walk away, take a walk. Uh, do whatever it takes to move yourself from that situation physically. Go into a low-pressure environment where you can clear your head where you can breathe, where you can just go in nature and just get, get away from that. Learn to postpone important decisions until you have regained a calmer perspective. Don't, you don't have to make that decision there and then. If people force you to make that decision, just say, look, I need to take a few moments to think about this. Let me just take a walk. Clear your head and, you know, if you can't do it that day, do it the next day, whatever it takes. But buy time. Time will work for you. Number seven, apply logic to your worries. Apply logic to your worries. Ask yourself, what will it matter five years from now? This is one of the best lessons I can teach you. If you forget everything from this self-control uh, lesson, remember this. I keep this at the back of my mind and it works for me and it will work for you. What will it matter five years from now? Whether I win this or I lose this, whether somebody else gains this, what will it matter five years from now? And most of the things and the drama situations that we are going through will not matter one inch, one bit in the future. So worry is the antithesis of emotional self-control. So worry will work against your self-control. So stop worrying because worrying will drag you down and will eliminate your capacity to self-control or to self-regulate. So don't let yourself be worried. Is it really as bad as it seems? Is the situation as dramatic as you make it? Most of the time it's not. Sometimes it can be, most of the time it's not. You make that choice. Is the danger real or perceived? This is another good question. Is the danger, because most of the time when we lose self-control is because we see a danger and we want to protect ourselves from that danger. But is that danger, that danger real or is it just perceived danger? Something that we made up in our mind or through our own lenses. What evidence is there of that danger being real? What evidence is there that a situation will be as bad as it looks? What evidence is there that those emotions that are coming our way will be true emotions in the future? So ask yourself these tough questions. And again, what will it matter five years from now? So those are the five managing self-control tools that I'm giving you today. Number one, step back from the drama of the situation. Number two, make technology your friend. Number three, get to know your emotional triggers. Number four, exercise control over your communications. Number five, eliminate temptations. Number six, buy time. And number seven, apply logic to your worries. I hope this really helps you because it has helped me a lot uh, throughout my life. And I'm talking here, you know, what has worked in me, I hope it will work in you if you spend time on it. Application. Choose three of these self-managing points that I've listed to you where you'd like to boost your self-control and for each one of them find two action points, two things that you can do to boost these in your life. So from the, from the seven that I've put there, choose three things and then for each one of those three things, uh, two action points and apply them in your life. Have these close to you, uh, print this out, have it close to you, Stay with it for a number of days because this will help you immensely in your self-control. Let me tell you something. You'll be thanking me for this. Your wife or your husband and your children will thank you for this and possibly me as well if they find out where it came from and your colleagues and the people around you. Live a better life. Man, you, as I said before, and I said again, you make your own reality. 
you make your own reality by the decisions that you make, by the way you self-regulate, by the way you self-control. Don't make it any worse than it is, please. Don't dramatize it. It's not as bad as it seems. Just rise above it, become more grateful, more thankful, be riddled in love and appreciation, and you will see things improve radically in your life. I really hope that this episode 17 blesses you when we talk about self-control and you will get on top of managing these things in your life. I really love your feedback, your comments, so keep them coming, your five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and everything else that you do to share this content to everybody out there. And I'm looking forward to seeing you next time here at A Bit of Clarity. I'm Dr. Nathaniel Costia, and I thank you so much for joining me on this journey of clarity through emotional and spiritual awareness. If you feel blessed by this presentation, please subscribe, rate, comment, and share it wherever you're enjoying it. And until next time, this was A Bit of Clarity.